What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. This week, I'm back with part two of our four-part special wellness career chat series, where I'm talking with Kate Stillman of yogahealer.com and Rachel Cook of Yogipreneur about a range of topics that we all see amongst our clients that's just endemic amongst wellpreneurs. And it's such a fun chat. I really hope you enjoyed the first part in the series where we were talking about competition versus collaboration. This week in part two, we're talking about being seen. That means putting yourself out there. I know there can be so many mixed feelings that come up about getting visibility in your business and how do you put yourself out there and how do you feel good about it and how do you know what's right for you and your audience and your business and your unique strengths. We're going to talk about all of that in this week's chat. We're also going to talk about if and when you need a website because you might not need it as soon as you think you do. Overcoming technical hurdles, how to really use social media marketing and content marketing to get visibility in your business and lots more. I mean, this is really just like a free-ranging conversation, generally about getting seen. We start from there, but then, you know, we just kind of let it evolve. It's really a lot of fun. So grab a cup of tea and settle in and join us as you listen in to this conversation with the three of us all about getting seen in your wellness business. And don't forget, if you haven't already, we've got an awesome Facebook group going on called the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind Group. It's totally free. There's over 600 Wellpreneurs in there that are helping each other and giving feedback. Definitely do not do your business on your own. Come over and join us. We can discuss the topics from this week's episode. You can post some of your work to get feedback. The only rule is that there's no promotion. So this is not a spammy promo type group. This is really an awesome community with lots of helping and sharing. So absolutely come over and join us there. Okay, now let's get into episode 109 where we're talking about being seen in your wellness business. All right. And our second topic is getting seen and heard. So this topic has a lot of different components in it. It's all about like putting yourself out there, like, you know, virtually hanging your sign or physically hanging your sign, attracting attention to yourself. So outreach, social media, websites, potentially speaking gigs. And so what we want to just talk about is is a bunch of the different things that come up in terms of getting seen and heard, even including the, the emotional issues, the shadow side and all that. So who wants to start? Me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a huge topic, isn't it? it? That's a huge topic. It's huge and it's loaded because it brings up, you can have all these great ideas about that you're going to be Oprah and you want to speak on this huge (laughs) stage and you're going to have a book deal. And then when it actually comes to the moment where you have to put out, put yourself out there, it brings up everything. Everything somebody said to you on the school playground when you're in third grade and like just all every everything. For that reason, I think that like running your own business is like the best self-help exercise in the world. Because like, if you have an issue, it's going to bring it up. And this is like, this is where it comes up. And I think this is one that personally I fight with the most 
the whole visibility thing. And maybe it didn't bug me at first when I was first getting started because there weren't as many people watching me. But I think as you start to grow and more people, like the pressure can start to build a little bit. So there's a lot going on on many different levels. But let's, I think we should dive in with just kind of the logistics. Like what does getting seen and heard mean? And why is this so important for wellness entrepreneurs, for yoga entrepreneurs? I think the biggest problem I see that most people don't realize is why they're having this problem is they believe that if they build it, they will come. If I open a studio, they will show up. If I hang a flyer, everyone will magically know it's there. If I put a website out there, the traffic will just come flooding in. But it doesn't work that way at all. <laughs> you know, I just want to say it's really funny because the three of us have probably hung out more with with the sort of like men's online marketing strategists out there who are totally hell-bent on like driving traffic around. Yeah. And for those who are like, what's driving traffic? It's like how you get people to show up, you know, whether it's for a webinar or whether it's for a workshop or whether it's for just on your website to see an ad or whether it's to click through to buy something and on your webpage, like how, how do you drive people, large groups of people to a specific place that are, you know, how do you describe, how do you drive targeted people, people that like might actually be interested. But in, in the space that the three of us work in, which is basically with the audience, it's about 90, 95% female, very low tech. We have a very low tech audience target group in terms yeah. of who we work with. I mean, even totally. those of you who are like, I have a Facebook page, I have a website, you're still low tech compared to this other more masculine traffic driving conversion rate world. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there's this huge schism between really understanding like what's happening in terms of getting seen and heard on a bigger level and the mechanics, the mechanics behind it, the metrics behind it, the numbers, right? Of like, of what happens, the investment. Like conversion rates, conversion rates. Like that's something that is not talked about not in the entrepreneur world. No. And in the like, in the super internet marketing groups, it's all conversion rate. Yeah. That's what they live by. And so basically. let's define conversion rate, knowing that our audience doesn't know what it is. Yeah. So it basically means like the percentage of people that take an action. So if you're trying to get people to sign up for your free gift and you drive a hundred people to your page that has a sign up for your free gift, and 10 opt-in, that's a 10% conversion rate. Ooh. And they have... Um, <laughs> and it should be about it's 50%. Like 10%. That is <laughs> no, it's not up to par. <laughs> Great definition. I wasn't booing your definition. I was, I was booing your conversion rate. <laughs> so, but it could be it could be signing up for your opt-in or it could be a sales, a sales conversion rate. That's another yeah. kind. Yeah. And anyway. So that's yeah, that was great. That was great. Well, and the thing I want to translate to everybody, and this has become, I I come from the brick and mortar world. So even regular brick and mortar businesses track traffic. For example, the biggest franchises in the world are going to be fast food, like McDonald's or whatever. And the first thing they do before they set up a, a new restaurant is they send somebody to the intersection they're looking at purchasing and they track how many cars drive by. That's where the word traffic came from. Like 1950s, starting businesses at this whole new level. And they knew that if the business was going to succeed, they needed so many cars to drive by in order to get enough people to stop and go in and buy a hamburger. So that's why it's so important because no matter if your business is in person or online, you still need a certain number of people to at least drive by, right? They need to at least see something from you in order to get the percentage that will actually show up and take that action. So. I think this is where even the online thing becomes so important because these days, let's face it, in my town, I don't drive by anything. If the studio here in my town was waiting for me to drive by it to find it, like good luck. I Everything in my life is in a two mile radius. 
anything outside of that, I don't see. So if there's an amazing studio that just opened five miles away, I would not know if it wasn't for the Google. Because when I'm searching for a yoga class, the first thing I need to pop up is, you know, studios that are relatively close by. And if you don't have an understanding of how this type of stuff works, I will never see you. But that's one of the biggest reasons why traffic is just, I think it doesn't need to be this complex, scary thing. It's just how many people are driving by your business, whether it's virtual or whatever. But Um, let's say when you're just starting online, nobody is driving by. Like, (laughs) and I'm just going to do like a smackdown for a second because I get asked this question all the time. Like, oh, I'm just going to start my blog and I don't know what's the first post I should put. Should I do this post? Should I do that post? And they get totally, and I feel you because I have been there. We have all been there when you do your first blog post. When you publish your first blog post, nobody is reading it, honestly. Like your mom's reading it and your couple friends and your Facebook friends. So really in the beginning, you just, it doesn't matter what your first five blog posts are. Just do the easiest ones, whatever's easy, right? Five easy blog posts, get those out there just to start going. Because I think there's a the traffic, like traffic to your website, we can talk about how you do this and how you, and which is how you put yourself out there. But it doesn't just happen when you click publish on your blog post. And so I think if yeah. you have a hang up around that, like I'm, I feel a little bad saying that because I know like publishing your blog post is so exciting and it's a huge milestone and like, it's really great, but that's not going to get you like on Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard this great example. So just to, just to put it into perspective, so it really drives the point home from a friend of mine who's a speech coach and she helps people prepare speeches to go on like TED Talks and stuff. And she said, if you're not doing the outreach and you're not preparing to speak in a certain way, you're basically taking all this time and energy to hone your speech, to make it as amazing as possible and then presenting it in your living room in front of your family versus taking that speech and learning how you can get it in front of an audience so that people can actually find you and hear about you. So that's what we're talking about when it comes to outreach. We want to take what you're talking about. And yes, putting it on your own site is a great first step. And everybody needs to do that. That's nurture marketing. Once people know who you are, and they're already coming. But we need to attract marketing. We need outreach. We need people to find you for the first time. And you know what I love is this kind of ties back into our last topic. But it starts by getting in front of other people's communities. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is like the fastest way. So I think like in terms of putting yourself out there and finding traffic in these internet marketing groups, what they do is buy traffic. So they place ads. So you could place Facebook ads or Google ads or whatever, and they're driving streams of traffic to a landing page. But actually, I don't think most people listening need to do that to get started at all. Because what Rachel says right on, like, just figure out who else, just like the last topic, right? Who else has my people? And then can you partner with them? Can you write a post there? Could you do a video for them? Could you do like a webinar or a training or like just somehow get in front of their people? And that sends people back to you. And that's like one of the fastest ways to start to get eyes on your stuff. Totally. Yeah. When I started interviewing, doing more interviews of... It was funny. It was like with the podcast. I'm like, I'm going to stop interviewing people that don't have sizable lists like to match mine because I'm just driving them a ton of traffic. They're not reciprocating. And we started to, we just targeted people that had bigger lists that were more into online marketing and knew how to reciprocate. The numbers doubled that month. They doubled and they were sizable already. 
You know, it wasn't like starting from like two and going to four. It was starting with a lot yeah. and going to a lot more. And and so it is really important. Yeah, good. So in terms of this question about the stuff that comes up, I mean, as I think as we get more comfortable, it's worth saying like have something, building a little bit of a platform to stand on, building a little bit of a message yeah. to stand on, uh, honing in on a few things that like, you know, knowing your story, I think is really important in telling a consistent story so that all the people know a, a, a bit about like who you are and what your story is and what your message is, that that yeah. can really help. And it can help you as the one who's standing on, you know, whatever platform that you're, you're building for yourself. You know, example for that, that I use with my students is like they go through a tell your story workshop where they just like learn a little bit about how to tell their story. And then they revisit that each year and they refine and they hone. And what happens then is like when, the, when people then meet them for the first time, they've heard a consistent story. And the person knows the story that they've put out there, the messaging that they've put out there, and there's a natural attraction to that. So it's just it just creates a much stronger container for an exchange to happen, as opposed to being like, oh, I'm going to say this thing over here, and I'm going to say that thing over there, and this thing over there, and this, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's a Vata disorder in Ayurveda. It's like, the topic of the day is, you know, self-reinvention. Today, I'm whatever, the Mexico marketing <laughs> maven, I'm going to play off yours who loves bird watching, right? And tomorrow I'm, you know what I mean? I'm like Kate who rides mountain bikes in Idaho, which yeah. like, they both may be true, right? But it's not, those are extraneous. And I want people to know a bit more about like, this is yeah. how I am out, out there in that world. Yeah, it's so, so important to get known for a nice, clear, concise topic area. And I know, Amanda, you're going to have a lot to say about this because you teach blogging specifically. But I know that for me, one of the easiest ways, because let's face it, we are among a creative group of people who are very passionate about multiple topics. So the biggest challenge I see is, for example, I'll be reviewing a site of somebody who's been blogging for a little while, but they are talking about so many different things. By the time I add up all their categories, it's like 20 different categories and they're kind of related but not really related. And as a result, no one just really knows like, what are you the expert in? What are you trying to position yourself as? So I usually tell people like, let's hone in on what's the biggest thing you want to talk about. And then maybe how can you splinter that in like three to five categories that are very closely related so that you can become known as someone who really has their shit together and really knows what you're talking about. And that just instantly simplifies a lot too when you have a clear idea of what your container is that you're creating for yourself. So this is, so I have, I'll, I'll rein it in. I have a lot to say on this, but it, it comes back to the issue of target market. And I think when a yeah. lot of people hear target market, they feel like, oh, it's, you know, it's squishing me in and in limiting me. And I think one of the issues, one of the challenges in working in wellness and holistic health is that actually you probably can help almost everybody. The stuff that we're teaching, so say about like holistic, switching to a whole foods diet, that's going to fix a whole lot of stuff that a whole lot of people have, right? Of all types of people. Like we should all do it. Just do it, guys. <laughs> like plants, do it. plant-based fun. Fix everything. <laughs> but because of that, I think, and well printers want to help so much. You do want to help people and you see people and you kind of want to save them and fix them. And, mm -hmm. and so I think there can be this temptation to be like, well, I can work with busy professionals and moms and kids and teenagers and college students and, and corporate and corporate, corporate. throw corporate and in there. corporate. Yeah, definitely. Everybody, right. <laughs> and so, and so then when you hear the idea of, well, pick a target market, I think that feels really restrictive 
And so what I always say is like, this is a big mindset shift is that target market does not limit who you can work with. You can work with anybody who wants to give you money. What it limits is who you market to. And that's different. And I think online, that's a huge difference because online, there's so much noise. You know, you've been to people's websites where they're kind of really vague and generic and say they help everybody with everything. It doesn't really instill confidence. Whereas if you go to somebody and she's like, I'm a sleep specialist. I help you sleep without taking drugs. If you need help sleeping, that's who you're going to go to. Even though probably the other lady could help you too. But like, you feel like, ah, she's worked with people like me. And so I think picking something, I think Rachel mentioned before, maybe it was in the other call, like just to start to get traction, like something start to get a foothold, you know, or a handhold so that you can start to get some money coming in. I think just being able to narrow down that really helps online because it helps you cut through the noise. So people can say, ah, that's Rachel. She does this. And And I want to speak to that too, just to add on to what you just said, because for example, Everybody can talk about the benefits of a whole foods or plant-based diet, but what are the specific problems that people are having? I think a lot of people misconstrue like target market with just demographics. And I think what's more important is what is a problem they have that you can uniquely solve? So for me, let's pretend I'm the, the, I'm the target market for someone who's trying to help people eat a whole foods plant-based diet. My biggest problem is I love eating this way but I've got a family and I've got three kids under the age of six. (laughs) How do I do that? So if I landed on somebody's blog and that's who they're catering to, they're like, here's how to do a whole foods plant-based diet with your entire family. I've made it so easy. It's easy to follow. Your kids are going to love it. Your husband's not going to complain about it. Everybody's going to be on board. I am going to buy every ebook. (laughs) I'm going to want to talk to you. And you're speaking my language now because you're directly addressing the problems I solve. And the other thing is when you can directly address people in that way, it makes it easier for me to talk about you to my friends. And even though we live in this amazing online world, let's face it, it's still like social media is still social. It's still referral based. It's still word of mouth based. So if you're making it easy for me to talk about you to my friends and they're like, wow, your skin looks amazing. You look, you know, you just look amazing right now. What's going on? And I'm like, oh my God, I have to share with you this ebook that I just got with all these recipes in it. That's how you really get the word going. And in fact, this is happened. Like literally you gave that example. And I was like, this happened. I bought the ebook and I sent it to like 10 friends, like a link, like you guys need to buy this right now because it's exactly what we've been complaining about. (laughs) So I think that's a big piece of it is as you get clear about your message, understand who you're trying to reach and then understand what is the biggest problem I can solve and use that to kind of create this container, these topics, these things you want to help with. And the more useful you are, the easier it will be for us to talk about you. Mm-hmm. This is great because can, I can tie it too back to our, our first topic about competition versus collaboration. Because what, in what you just said is like, what, you know, what is the biggest problem you can solve? And then I just want to add to that and, like, and, and then all the other problems that you could potentially solve, but you're not going to, right? Is, yeah. And that's part of a platform is it's just like, it's like what, what you're going to do or a niche. It's like what you're going to do and what you're going to be becoming for many of you, an expert in, some of you are already an expert in, and now you're just actually like being like, oh, I'm going to dust off this stand and build it up a little bit and stand from a little higher place because I know what I'm talking about, right? And then, oh, I don't have to solve everybody else's problems. All I have to do is reach out to someone else who that's, that's what their niche is. That's the platform they're standing on. And now we're going to collaborate, right? Because mm-hmm. we're, we're each slightly different than each other. And, and then we don't have to overextend ourselves. We don't have to try to be everyone to be everything to everyone, right? And we can just say like, oh no, you actually need to go see, uh, and a lot of people don't refer out for other 
probably yeah, they're worried that right. they're giving away the they're giving away everything to the competition. Right, right. But I mean, literally for this example, when I found this person who was talking about the whole whole foods plant-based diet for families, I found them on a blog that was very masculine geared towards people who were um, what was it? It was like a CrossFitter type of yeah. blog. You know what I mean? Like very masculine. And they were collaborating, like by posting on that blog, they were able to just siphon off the right people. Like the people who read their posts were like, oh, you exist? Thank goodness, because this is okay. And I, it's gotten me so far, but now I'm ready for more support here. And I think that's what's really nice about knowing kind of like where you start and stop and where other people, you know, can help up until they should be with you and where they should help after they leave you. Because you don't have to be everything to everyone. Yeah. So I want to just back up the conversation too for the newbies. And I guess I know in our notes, we had, we had thrown down there about like, when is it time to, when do I need a website or a Facebook page or how do I start if I don't have any of that? But, and and I'm sure you guys have too. Like I've worked with people that have, you know, they maybe started teaching yoga when they were 25 and now they're 60. And so they've, they actually have 35 years of, of experience. They might actually be the most skilled person in a 500 2000, you know, whatever, like a, a wide range. Right. And yet they, they're like, I, you know, my systems are sort of broken because the whole world went online instead of being found by word of mouth locally in town and, you know, or whatever. And all of a sudden they're noticing, like, I've got to start somewhere. So why don't we talk a little bit about this yeah. just from the person that might actually have quite a bit of experience, but not have experience in, uh, in just getting, well, and actually let me preface this a, even, even yet further to they may be people might actually have um be searching for them online right yeah. and not finding what the yoga teacher might want to be found for yeah that's really sad when somebody who you've heard is amazing you go to search for them and then you can't actually find anything by them all you find is like posts someone else wrote or descriptions on like you know omega institute or something and it's like well how do i actually reach you yeah. <laughs> I think Mm -hmm. the first thing I just want to say about this is I see so many yogis and people in this field who are just so nervous and overwhelmed by the idea of technology. Maybe they just labeled themselves as I'm not technical. I'm not techie. I can't do this stuff by myself. It's just going to cost so much for me to do this. I just want to reassure you that it's actually doable and it's easier than ever before. And it's cheaper than ever before. Which isn't fair to the rest of us that started like 15 years ago. No kidding. Like the rest of us spent... (laughs) Tens of thousands of dollars just to get stuff off the ground and get websites built because there was no WordPress. There was no Facebook. I mean, and now no I mean, it, it's so completely different and it's very, very user friendly. So I think the best part about where we are right now is you don't have to start from scratch. You can use something very, very simple and honestly, pretty inexpensive to get started. For most people, I would say, if you can use Gmail, if you can send and receive email and get an attachment, you can probably learn how to build a very simple website because most tools now are drag and drop and very, very easy to figure out. Yeah, I don't think, maybe this is controversial. I don't think people just starting out even need a website because website projects, like I come, I studied computer science. I come from a technical background. I work in the software industry. Website projects are a massive time suck a lot of times. And now, so, okay, I guess it's a little bit different if you're already very established and people are looking for you. 
But if you're just starting out, you do not need a website. What you need is an email list. And you can put that email list then on one landing page. And I would just set up like one page where people can sign up to get on your email list. And you, I know people that have built like very successful businesses Mm -hmm. just doing that, Mm -hmm. just collecting names. So I think websites are great and that does help you get found and it creates that platform on you on for you online. And it is important, but especially if you're just starting out and you're like, I need to start generating revenue and start like finding clients, spending three or four months to put together a website is not, I don't think is the best use of, of your time. So where do you, what are you having them use to build the landing page? Like Insta Um, pages or lead pages? Yeah. Like lead pages, or you could do like one page on Squarespace or Wix or WordPress. I mean, you could put up something like that to do one page, but lead pages. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would actually agree with that. And I had a great conversation with my CFO for my business. And one of the things we talked about was you shouldn't make these big investments of time, money, or energy until it becomes a roadblock for something. So for a lot of, especially in this world, I know people who've built very successful businesses, 100% word of mouth and referral based. And the only reason they realized they needed to create a platform and create a website or an email list was because they reached that point in their business where word of mouth and referral was not going to continue, was not going to get them where they wanted to go next. Like they'd reached an income ceiling. They'd they'd reached a, a cap. If they wanted to take a workshop and not just locally, but travel with it, or if they wanted to turn something into a training or certification, now they needed to build a platform because there's only so many people they could talk to. They had such a small, small community. So I think you're totally right. Amanda, you don't need to stress out about it until it becomes a roadblock. But once you do have income coming in the door, I would argue that if you have been doing this for at least a year and you don't have a website, it's time. Simply because, yes, you can depend on word of mouth and referrals, but you can't control a whole lot about that. And when you go online, you have more control and you have more information. Like I have no idea if someone's talking about me right now, but I can check on my Google Analytics and see when people are landing on my website. So Mm -hmm. another part that I can just add in here is just, you know, for those who are just wanting to start a conversation with and see what's out there and see who you are out there in terms of building your platform and what what kind of stuff you might want to put on your website, just start with a Facebook page, just create your own business, Facebook page, start posting, start seeing who's commenting on it, see what people like when you post different things, see what's gains traction, right? Then design an opt-in around what's gaining traction about like, Hey, I'm going to make this little, we'll use the sleep example, 10 steps to better sleep. And I'll make this little PDF or thing that you can print and put next to your bed at night. Right. And then you're collecting emails on that. So whether you use a lead page or an Insta page or you guys have to look that up. Go to leadpage.com, leadpages.com or instapages.com, right? And they're Lead really quick. Net. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, .net. That's right. Clay, .net. what the heck? Why couldn't you buy the car? I know, right? <laughs> um, anyway. But it's pretty simple, simple, basically, to set that up and to do that first little step to just test the waters and see how people respond. And Wix or Squarespace, I mean, honestly, like if you just do it and give yourself a day to do it, you can get a simple web page up in a day. There's just no, I mean, no reason. Just, just to start. I mean, I just want to say, I mean, I've built a, I've built a big business in a super scrappy way with a great profit margin. And every step is like that. It's like, if I don't need it, I'm not, I'm not going to get it until I need it. And only in the last like year or so have I been, and I started in 2001, I started yogahealer.com in 2001. So it's been a while, but only recently I'm like, Ooh, I'm just going to buy that and see if I even want it. Like, it's like, just of like being a little bit more risky 
getting stuff I don't necessarily yeah. need, but kind of want to check out. But you can go so far. You can do go so far for free. If you have more time than money, then by all means, like just start to start learning. What's the easiest yeah. way and to build a website? Just sign up for MailChimp. Just sign up for yeah. a MailChimp account. And this is something I see a lot, especially as people start checking out the online stuff. Because let me say, there's a lot of tools out there that are really cool, but they cost a lot of money. If you're just building your email list or your email list is under a couple thousand people, you do not need to go out and buy like a $300 a month service to manage it. You can really start with something really, really simple and inexpensive. Same thing with social media. I mean, there's a lot of cool tools out there that will help you do all sorts of awesome stuff. (laughs) If you knew how to use them. (laughs) But... You just need to start really simple and yeah. don't overinvest in, in the tech and the tools unless you really know why you need it and that it's going to give you a return on your investment. I think that's just a really big thing, especially in the first few stages. I think I think we look, you know, online, it's really easy to get distracted by the latest shiny object. I know like a lot of people have an issue with that. And it's hard because everyone in online marketing, they're like, ooh, look at this amazing thing. And you think, oh, maybe if I just had that tool, that's the thing that, just going to push the button and clients come out the other side. And like that does not exist. And I think you just, the important thing is consistency. And I think in the beginning, keep it really simple, especially if you don't love technology, if you don't feel really comfortable with it, like use free MailChimp account, just use Facebook, the most basic stuff and just do it yourself and test, just test things, see what resonates with people. And then you'll figure out where you actually do need tools. But yeah, don't get distracted and think that, you know, one tool is going to change your whole business. Awesome. Great topic on getting seen and heard. And so next up, we're going to go. So if you listen to our next one, it'll be exchanging value in the marketplace, uh, aka making more money, if indeed that's what you want to do. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get all of the show notes and all of the links we talked about in the show notes. <laughs> which is if you just tap on the screen, if you're listening on a mobile device or over on my website, wellpreneuronline.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram. I'm at wellpreneur and you can find me in the Facebook group, which is awesome. And you should be there if you're not already. So thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week with the next episode, which is back to a normal interview like usual. So see you then.